You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Gives it a nice ambiance. <laughs> I think. All right, for this episode, we'll be talking about the Flaming Groovies, Teenage Head. In the room, I have Rob. Hello. And Anne. Hi. Teenage Head is the third studio album by the American rock band Flaming Groovies, released March 1971 on Kama Sutra Records. The producer was Richard Robinson, and the genre is garage rock and rock and roll. And I'm going to read from the book Garth Cartwright. The Flaming Groovies arose out of the San Francisco music scene of the mid-60s, but they never attempted to be part of that city's big psychedelic party. Instead, they concentrated on recreating a raw sound they owed much to the 1950s rockabilly alongside a debt to early Beatles and Stones records. The Groovies' most fertile time was between 1968-1971, when they were a great garage band and wrote a slew of memorable songs. Teenage Head was the last album to be recorded by the original lineup, and the tensions between guitarist Cyril Jordan and singer Roy Lawney were reflected in the record's tough, rumbling sound. The title song is an anthem of adolescent alienation while high-flying baby rips and snorts. Uh, the album's moody, greasier cover rejects prevailing hippie imagery of the time and presents the Groovies as a band of outcasts. Certainly, they saw themselves as such. The few reviews Teenage Head attracted were good, but the Groovies were out of place in an American obsessed with guitar soloing rock bands. Roy Lonnie left disillusion only a few months after the album's release, and Cyril Jordan reshaped the band and shifted them to England, where they would have an influence on the burgeoning punk movement before disbanding in 1979. All right, what do we think of the Flaming Groovies Teenage Head? That's a good record. Yeah. I think it's a a really fun record. It's maybe a little uneven. I felt like it, it was very uneven. In, in the same way that Sticky Fingers was very... Like, it just feels like it's coming at you at all directions, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, these songs are really fun. They do really resemble the Stones, and I, and it, it's so much so that even the Stones were like, this sounds like us, but oh, yeah. we think that they did a great job oh, and Mick maybe ja- better. Mick Jagger said he did a, they did a better job yeah. of yeah. Like, try, uh, incorporating the Swamp, like... Honestly, like City Lights, that's a that is a much that is a better Stones rendition of or not rendition. It's a better Stones. It's better at doing what the Stones were doing than the Stones were doing. Like it, it, it is swampy as shit. Yeah, I would say at that time, maybe Exile. Then I think after this, it actually kind of pushed the Stones to do better in exile like i feel like it sort of it was like, like they a, got a little embarrassed well no not that it's just like oh we put out sticky fingers the groovies put out 
teenage head. Now we're doing X, you know, it's sort of that thing where it's like, let's see, you know, everyone's all, no one's like fighting with each other to be like, oh, you ripped us off or anything. They're just all like excited to be playing this kind of music and seeing where they can take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, some of the songs I, I thought like were basically like the, uh, I, I would, the, the best of was like could come up with was, uh, the Rolling Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's, that's what I like about it. I'm sure. Like, cause it's got those threads. It feels proto-punk yeah, in many for sure. ways. And that's like always a joy for me to see that like rootedness like mixed in with this yeah. real early 70s like yeah it feels like it can, it can live in both of those zones and instead of milk toast straddling them like yeah glenn hanks or whatever <laughs> gene clark, gene gene clark. clark. <laughs> glenn hanks whatever <laughs> it's it's like doing a really good job of exploring both of those things yeah uh the song we're listening to right now yesterday's numbers too i got some vibes of lou reed and yeah. like transformer oh, yeah. oh, and absolutely. the sort of like pre-transformer though yeah and there's like a uh a one later that I was like, oh, this is totally like a cramps with that slapback echo on the voice. And yeah, there's a definite cramps yeah. song on this. And it's like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's so delightful. every, yeah. every one is like this, it, it kind of presents different ideas of, of this sort of like grimy snarling little, you know, garage band. They don't have big production. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that you're so on board because I felt the same way as the faces are not as good as a wink. Although this is more stripped down. This and, is absolutely and more stripped down. <laughs> it, it, it's more to the point. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it's not. You feel that they don't get to the point. No, no. It, <laughs> I haven't it, listened to it yet. I'm behind a little uh, bit. <laughs> Rod Stewart's vocals are too good. Or like his, yeah. his vocal work's too Ooh, good for what they're doing. It's too this This dude <laughs> singing right now is. Is 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 like it's dirt? It's dirty rock and roll, man. Yeah. Like, and I I, I still have a, a soft spot for that. You don't um, like clean rock and roll. <laughs> I don't dislike it, but specifically like with Rod Stewart being a little out of time with what the faces were doing at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he 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 was too much of a face in vocals to like do dirty garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, or fortunately for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, did you, when you were listening to High Fly and Baby, did you immediately think, is this the singer from the Dead Milkman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead Milkman, for 100%. Absolutely. It's just like, it's got that, I mean, they're really bringing that sort of attitude. It's it's so rewarding. It's just great. And I, I, I wanted to read that review because... The second you hear this and you're like, oh, they were in San Francisco. No wonder it like never were. No one there. was into yeah. this. They didn't want to see this like punk garage, uh, no. you know, punk band. Goddamn, I would have liked it. I would have loved it. That's <laughs> why so you would go somewhere else. So. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, milk, man. 
you I mean, know. Th- th- think about the the hardest thing that was coming out of uh, like L or not L A uh, that was coming out of San Francisco at that point in time. Yeah. Like what what was it? The Doors? Doors maybe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, come on. I mean now Northern. I mean the Pacific Northwest though Sonics. Le- legacy grub drop bands. They spend bands. most of their time in Europe. Sonics uh, blue cheer. The Sonics didn't. No, I thought They're they were Paci- over there because that was the only Northwest. persons that liked them. Well, they they <laughs> toured, yeah, but okay, I don't. Yeah, blue, blue you're cheer. right, blue cheer. Yeah, blue yeah. cheer is uh, all the way up there. I mean that that was before the advent of the internet. Like that Pacific Northwest was just this wild west of weird fucking bands because no one would go up there it was too far away it's mm-hmm. so dark and cold and like yeah. rainy right? sure I mean well that, that's not quite the is there's no population and, 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 uh, <laughs> the, oh yeah people are getting shanghai like consistently <laughs> just getting thrown on slave boats that was in the 1800s that was a quiz <laughs> and you, you missed it but no like I ba- mean like are we talking about weird the transition here <laughs> no but ba- ba- like the sub Rob are you worried to go to Seattle because you think you're going to get conscripted onto a boat <laughs> Just be honest with us. It's okay. It's a safe place here. A little bit. <laughs> but no, like uh, it, the, the the like, and it's weird that we're jumping off on this. But like the entire like the yeah. the sub pop wouldn't have existed had there not yeah, just been yeah. the inbreeding of, of like course. sound yeah. and Queensrÿche wouldn't have been writing yeah. the stuff that they were writing had they not been stuck up there. Yeah, sure. Um, so no, like that that's always been this weird spot, uh, just a little bit north of like San Francisco. Of what's happening? Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean th- these guys—they're a, they're a band out of time, uh, out of out of sync, out of step. Yeah, yeah out absolutely. of step. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happens if you're a missionary? Would you call him? I don't know if I'd call him a visionary. <laughs> okay, that's maybe a stretch. It, that's what happens if you're different. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were they were harking back. to... And I guess what I mean by that is not necessarily visionary, but like presenting all these different threads that are very interesting that would be be branched out into like fuller things later, maybe. Right. I thought that they were kind of going back and trying to pull from the past. I see them as a as a uh, band pulling from old garage rock, old blues, and then just trying to like like the Stones were doing at the but time. But punk just is the future from here, that. right? Yeah, I would say it's so a correlation. It's not, like you can pull from the past, but also be going yeah, toward things like yeah. the Dead Milkman and the Cramps that will happen later, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, like Shake Some Action is going to come after this. Um, which is more like power pop. But no, uh, I, I wouldn't say... I, I didn't find anything quirky or uneven about this record, to be totally honest. Like, I, I thought that it was just like... I mean, it, it's it's strange that, like, a song like High Flying Baby is sounds like Dead Milkman, and then Teenage Head sounds like Iggy Pop. Yeah. And, guess, the, and then yeah. a little bit later, like, it sounds like Elvis. Like For me, what I mean by that is just that there's a lot of, like... Like, the register changes over and over again. Like, it's all the same band, but the sound they're driving at kind of shifts from song well, to song. Well, and that was... And that so, in an album, there's, like, a little bit less coherence than if... But that's, like, so much more interesting. Like, it's not necessarily bad, because they do a good job every time they do that. Right. But, like, it's not, like, something that is always driving toward a similar, like, landing point, I that, guess. And that was primarily because the two guitarists were... were Really what? mad at each other? <laughs> no. Well, was it just yeah. the singer that was pissed, or was kinda, the singer also playing guitar? Also playing guitar. Okay. Uh, but they they had like this this difference. One wanted to do the uh, McCartney Beatles esque, 
era, and the other one wanted to do this sort of Rolling Stones rock and roll. One wanted power pop, and the other wanted garage rock. So it was it was very similar, but you can hear this sort of disjointed like bit, bit. Yeah, between these songs, and so it makes sense that this album, which ha- features both of them, has a very like. This song is a certain way. This song's a certain way. And so it has yeah. that push and pull. It's of, my song. It's your song. Exactly. It's my song. It's your <laughs> exactly. song. Let's, yeah. What is this one? 3220. 3220. See, like, this is... It's a great cover. Jangly. It's a cover. Yeah. yeah. Who, uh, who's this? I don't have Rob, notes for this one, guys. Uh, I'm pinch hitting. Robert, Robert Johnson? <laughs> Robert Johnson, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Well, there you go. But yeah. so good. Like, the slide I mean, guitar this on this is, is so good. I guess I just mean that, it, like, when you contrast this with some of the other stuff, it's, like, very... They're different registers, different, like... I mean, if one of them was shooting for the stones, then, yeah, it makes a lot of sense why there's just these, like, country, like, deep south ballads, like, on it. Like, none of it is bad to me. It's just, they are distinct. Yeah, very distinct songs. Absolutely. Um, Sure. Yeah, I I, I had never, I had never listened to this record uh, before. Like, I, I, I was familiar with, uh, Shake Some Action, is it Shake Some Action? Am I, am I making things up now? Uh, I believe so. I'll have to... Believe which? <laughs> I think it's Shake Some Action. Believe he is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was familiar with, uh, with that record, but I had never heard this, like, earlier, like, more just grodgy stuff. It, it, it's great. Yeah. To Honestly, my ears. you got groovy in your band title. I'm like, hmm, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Shake, shake Some Action was, was right after this. Yeah. Are you familiar with the uh, <laughs> monkeys movie Head? Oh, I fucking love that movie. Right. Yeah. And the, why they named Bert it Head? Introduce me to it. <laughs> yeah, so that it could be from the people who gave you Head. Yes. So <laughs> from the people who gave you Teenage Head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. After this album, too, they sort of Chris Wilson. Rep- placed as co-leader and they emphasize more on the like British invasion power pop. So they got into power pop literally. And I think that really put them in a position to be like the, the forefront of the proto punk, mm-hmm. like, cause they were in England and they were, you know, leading a lot of those, those bands like cool. the pistols and. That's interesting. So maybe some of it too was just like, well, what did these guys do before? Were they still called the flame and groovies? Yep. Okay. Yep, they just kind of had a... So if you mind back into their catalog, you might find these things and then combine it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, what do we think, Rob? I, 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 was, I was pleasantly surprised and I would give it a positive. Cool. I think it... Um, I, 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 think they, I think they did a great job 
alongside the stones, and I think that they kind of exceeded the stones on some of the the, uh, the more swampy things that they were going for. It's it, it's dirty and it's gritty and it's fucking it's it, it's cool rock and roll, man. Yeah. yeah, agree. I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed it. I would give it a positive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of stuff I like. It's just it's just fun to listen to. Has a good rhythm. Um, yeah, you're right. Some of the lyrics are like fun and dirty and just kind of uh, raunchy. Raunchy, or <laughs> that's the ambiguity is fun too, right? I feel like I feel like they're a bit. They're kind of juvenile, but not in a like a boring way um, or a redundant way. It's just kind of a there's a freedom in that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And the the sort of source material that they're they're doing like. Have you seen my baby? Is a Randy Newman song. Yes. Uh, you know, thirty-two twenty is a really good Robert Johnson <laughs> cover. Um, and like, yeah, like we were saying before, evil-hearted Ada is like total cramps, which I'm a big fan of. And yeah, yeah just kind of doing these boogies, doing these R and B, and doing the Stones thing. Yeah, positive for me. Interesting cover too. Like just. It's so out of place with the psychedelic, like, colorful albums of the yeah, time. It's just, it's just cool them. Dudes. In, it's just them in the back. Hey, we're cool. What up? <laughs> uh, in the green room, just like a stark photo of them. Yeah. So, next time we'll be talking about Gene Clark in White Light. All right, thanks, y'all. Hmm.